We now interrupt this irregularly scheduled deprogramming to uplift your consciousness and inject your essence with the truth. This is not a test. You are about to listen to a conversation with a fellow conscious co-creator. This will rejuvenate the fire within and cause you to hover from person to person, pollinating the seeds that it will take to bring about a higher frequency of consciousness. Do not proceed further unless you are willing to bear the responsibility of being an integral piece of the solution. We are the Getting a chance to experience itself. So, infinite love to all my sojourners or self out there for the Waking Life podcast. Uh, I am blessed to have a gentleman above above repute. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I do know that this gentleman that I have with me, Mr. Lee Adams, has actively been researching and practicing and teaching lucid dreaming for more than 20 years. Wow. (laughs) He holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and is currently pursuing a PhD in Pacifica Graduate Institute. I might have even seen one of his his dissertation uh, art pieces that he put together. He runs the podcast Cosmic Echo as well as the dreamer community at taileaters.com. I think there's also a Facebook uh, group, company and group uh, called Tail Eaters. He lives in Port Orchard, Washington, in case you wanted to stalk him. And <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, we're, we're seriously, uh, I'm speaking for the trillions of, of followers of this uh, work, how uh, we've been anticipating this. Um, you know, I'm blessed to receive this amazing book. I think this is actually what connected us together was uh, someone from your team reached out and I said, a visionary guide to lucid dreaming methods for working with the deep dream state. I might've even heard there was a other title called Hidden Gateway. Huh. Oh my gosh. Let me, let me just stop talking for a second and let you, you know, bless the people up with who you are and what you want <laughs> them to know about. Uh, sure. Um, well, that was a great um, introduction. <laughs> I, I usually don't think of myself in those ways, but um, that's cool. Um, I'm a pretty grounded person, I think, and nice. pretty mellow. So um, we're good balance. But, but yeah, I, um, I got interested in lucid dreaming, you know, when I was young, and um, you know, I'm, I'm like anybody. I'm kind of complicated, I'd say. Have a diverse background. Um, I was in the military for 14 years and um and just had this passion for dreams and exploring you know altered states and stuff like that why um why i was in the military and so i just continued to do it so um you know um when i got out i decided to write um a book based on my experiences because uh, i spent a lot of time trying to yeah (laughs) try to um read other people's works and tried to find a way to um, connect to those authors from my perspective, you know, and found it kind of challenging um, to to find like a middle ground where I could provide something that could be educational in the sense that it could teach people to have the experiences, but also um, talk about like what to do after. So a lot of a lot of lucid dream books they kind of um, try to 
entice the person to have the experience and they kind of give some ways you know techniques to do that and some more advanced than others you know and my whole goal was to um, provide that as well to people that have never really had the experiences or maybe need to focus refocus on um, techniques that work uh, more effectively than maybe what they're doing and then additionally um, provide a way for people to explore those experiences with a possibly more in-depth um, understanding and mm. personal experience you know like a personal understanding versus like reading a book and then just saying oh that's what it means you know so it's kind of like a um, self-help guide to your dreams and building a relationship to your dreams versus like um, opening up a dream dictionary and say oh that's what yeah. this symbol means wow. whatever so really engaging with the symbols um my friend ryan heard he he talked Shout about out ryan uh, yeah he uh, talked about um the importance of a personal myth and mm. you know like in ancient cultures and stuff we we had those you know like uh, yes uh the creek the Eleusinian mysteries yes so um it's my view that each individual has a personal myth and just like, you know, the myths in the Bible and the myths. In yes. Charles Joseph Campbell, <laughs> hero yeah. of a thousand faces. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's what uh, Campbell was trying to kind of imply is like, there's a personal heroic story for each of us that we're going through, even in a waking life. He, he was mostly like uh, expressing it in waking yeah. experiences right. Right. and psychological experiences. Um, and so I kind of took that model and applied it to dream experiences because I was studying um, Jungian depth psychology and okay. and Joseph Campbell is a, a piece of that, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I was definitely uh, engaged in that. So um, that's kind of how I came to this work. But the, the main thing is that I wanted to uh, I found a connection to my personal experiences, my dream experiences when I looked at them as like um, a whole, you know, throughout my yeah. lifetime, I could see these motifs, you know, of like um, mm. these patterns appearing. Mm. And so the hero's journey was something that um, I could apply to that, but not just taking it as the hero's journey, but taking it a step further, like the, the journey is the pattern itself, but there's <laughs> so much meaning inside that pattern, you know? And so it's, it's not, and it's not like a one-time deal either. It's a continuous cycle, you know? So, um, and dreams are kind of interesting. Like if you start pulling them apart, you'll, you'll see, um, yourself jumping around yes. the pattern. Yes. So you'll, you'll be, you know, like a cult of adventure or, um, you know, returning and things like that during different periods of time in your life, but it's not like a, a cycle, um, a continual clear pattern, you mm -hmm. know, like cycle. So, um, some dreams, you know, are more near the end of the cycle and then some dreams are more at the beginning of the cycle. So it's kind of interesting to see it as, um, not locked down by say time itself, you know? Yes. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced a dream and we woke up and it's like, hold on, it's really only been three hours. I really feel like I've been like in multiple days in this other environment. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that from, from interviews that you said previously, um, that just had me really interesting and things that you delve deep into the, you know, the visionary guide here. Um, you know, but one of the things before we got off of it, you know, I was actually 
really intrigued by your your um, explanation on where you were originally at with the book as far as the name Hidden Gateway yeah. and then you know as through um, editing and what have you yeah. you know we have a, it's a it's a more clear understanding on what this book is I mean you have the words lucid dreaming and bold at the very beginning you know what I mean like people right. they're gonna immediately know but I I intimately understand when you had talked about the hidden gateway and then right. how that there's different times there's thresholds inside your your dreaming life that you may enter or exit and so i don't know if you want to delve into that any yeah um so i mean there's a deeper message in the book i think that um you know it kind of got through editing and publishing you know mm -hmm. when you get a publisher they kind of want to have things specifically in certain ways so people can actually understand it you know spelled out yeah um and that's kind of hard to do when you're self-publishing or you're writing your own personal book. You don't really understand those things. You yes. Know? But it, yes. Somebody's taking the time other day and they're investing energy and money into you. And you you kind of, and they know what they're doing. You know. Yeah, they're exactly. They know what they're doing. I mean, you had a hidden gateway. I don't know if I would have been like, okay, hold on, let me look at right. this a little bit more, uh, even with the subtitle. But a visionary. I'm a visionary. I love right. guides. Lucid dreaming. That's what this whole <laughs> movie, book, podcast thing is all about. That I'm about right now. Right. Yeah. So um, they did a great job. But you know, if you may find like hidden gateways on like some esoteric, you know, shelf in the corner or something like that, and and that's good. Yes. You know, that, oh, that gets yeah. to the some of the people that I was interested in getting to. <laughs> um, but yeah, the hidden gateways uh, concept, you know, is like there's gateways all over the place and uh, dreams open not only, um, you know, psychological gateways to understanding yourself and your place in the universe, you know, um, but the the gateway I'm talking about is like um, there are actual uh, dream seemingly real gateways that you experience while you're having lucid experiences and then also going into like out-of-body experiences and stuff like that mm, so yes. um you know and, and i've experienced many times those type of thresholds and gateways and then um you know i'm a fan of rudolph starner's work and like no the, way oh yeah goodness. like oh, the dweller at the threshold oh and, goodness um you know the, the concept of like uh uh, dwellers and stuff like that mm -hmm. protecting you know they're they're kind of uh they're they're guardians you know that that um seemingly stop you from entering you know they're challenging <laughs> the, you the gatekeepers yeah they're the gatekeepers so um they challenge you you know and and those are common themes throughout like all mythological stories too so um there's somebody standing at the gateway you know or the bridge and they're they're challenging your knowledge to enter right um, i was literally just talking about like the the billy goat's gruff and the troll under the bridge yeah. the other day yeah so you know it's uh, hard baked into not only our our nursery rhymes or our fairy tales or our dreams or our physical reality or the stories that have been told over thousands of years it's like yeah. it's like hardwired into the process like you said it's it's like a part of the pattern exactly and sometimes you know those gateways don't manifest as like physical doors or something like that that's a great point um but i mean you, you have to think of these things as symbolic so like a doorway isn't exactly it's not a physical thing in a dream experience it's a okay it's it means something it has meaning oh, to it you know yes. so it's like um you know a gateway into 
um, or a doorway into understanding, you know, or a doorway into, I mean, there's a lot of things that go with a doorway, you know, like there is mm -hmm. a threshold on a doorway where you, the, the in-between worlds, you know, in a door. Yeah, you like, you think about it, the doorway itself, that, that the, the middle point of the yeah. portal, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, it's like, it's like when you're at a crossing state lines and your one foot is in one yeah. state and your foot is in the other state and you're like, hold on. I'm what in the middle. Yeah, what <laughs> What's state this line in? in the middle? But yeah, no, yeah. It, and you're right. That's symbolic. Um, do you have any interpretation on, on what some of that could mean? Or is it a little bit more kind of specific to the experience? I feel like that's probably a little bit more accurate. Like you can't just say a yeah. portal means this or the, the threshold means this as much as it's like the, the context that it's in. Yeah. Uh, well, I think there is some universal kind of truth Beautiful. to you. There's actually something I want to ask about. Yeah, so there's like universal patterns, you know, um, universal symbols in the sense that mm -hmm. we, our biology, you know, our evolution of neurology and everything allowed us to experience the similar things, you know, the same patterns and stuff in similar ways in it. Um, so there are universal truths to those patterns, you know, um, but they change and they, they are manipulated based on our experiences and um, you know our relationship to those things and how those things also want to express themselves to us i kind of tend to treat like um symbols as living entities you know yes. like yes like, a, like an animal you know yes and how an animal engages or even with, more primordial than that yeah i mean that's a symbolic too right me, <laughs> me yes. referring to it as an animal yes um, no that's funny yeah that's that's very meta i'm into that yeah. so um you know like i have a dog and my, my my wife Shout out to all our dogs yeah <laughs> my wife interacts with my dog differently than i do you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we have a very different relationship but yeah. both her and i can both identify you know dog you know yeah and, or or what that particular dog means to you and your right. relationship like there's still yeah. a mutual understanding there but even though you have your own intimate relationship exactly that expresses differently exactly wow and that's dog, a great metaphor you know the dog um has a relationship with me too it's not a dead thing yes right? oh my gosh yeah uh, lee and, i don't know if you've been uh, like just tapping into my brain waves the whole day <laughs> that i've been like thinking about stuff because there's like a lot of just even in that couple sentences you know i've seen where my dogs have dreamed oh yeah like yeah. i've seen them like running like they're laying on my couch and they're just like running or, or they're starting to bark or wolf a little bit right and i'm like hey luna wake up <laughs> that's funny I, i'm like it's so hard to even wonder what the consciousness of an uh quote-unquote animal is mm -hmm. like yeah but i wonder if they lucid dream you know what if like those moments where yeah. i see her like literally like looking like she's running yeah. is like she's like yeah i'm finally outside getting i got out of the house i'm going where i want to go we're going to the beach we're going to starbucks we're getting a pup cup <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to know you know what um it's hard to know between humans um, exactly. what, what those experiences are like. You know, I have to assume that you and I are similar enough that we can have similar experiences, you know, but, um, you know, like a, an interesting thing I found when I was studying lucid dreams um, and I'm still studying, you know, like oh, never ending on that one. Yeah, um, never ending journey. But I was finding this relationship to like um, out of body experiences and hypnosis and as wow. well as dream induced uh you know uh, out of body experiences wow. and in reading like uh research papers and what um 
some of these people have said through like um inducing out-of-body experiences through hypnosis mm. you know you know i was like what is what is the relationship to the experience you know like how similar are they actually yeah and so um you know i paid a hypnosis out here for no you did an experiment yeah. on yourself yeah i, I to, love this i wanted to see you know uh this relationship you know and so i i worked with the guy for a few months to really kind of get to a deeper state you know and like really try to have that experience and um, what i found is it was more uh you know to me um using my words you know and my ideas it's like it was a lot like active imagination or okay. um kind of just imagining myself leaving you know or, mm, yeah and and some people you know i can understand that some people are kind of like really good at disassociating themselves yes. in, a, in a deep state you know no i've heard about that like you have to be kind of like led into hypnosis like you it's, yeah. it's something that you have to be open for and and you have to have a certain mind state so it almost sounds like instead of like you being so suggestive right you were you were just activating your imagination more than letting right. your subconscious take over and bring you into this next place yeah and most hypnosis is actually like that so like unless you're like really um, susceptible to like suggestion yes um in a hypnotic state then most people kind of are actually in just just um imaginative state where they kind of like somebody tells you to do something and you're like well why wouldn't i do that you know and so you're like okay they're like raise your arm you're like well i have no reason not to raise my arm. i see so, yeah exactly so okay yes yes and so i was like oh wow that's actually what being hypnotized is you know for me anyways mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know and some people are really they actually black out you know like they, right. they can't no, remember yes you know yeah. here's a cue let me snap my finger and every right. time i snap my finger you could call like a, a cockatoo exactly <laughs> so i i really can't say you know what those people's experiences are like right. if somebody was trying to hypnotize them to have an out-of-body experience but from what you know i experienced as well as the descriptions that people are giving in some of these articles you know um it sounded a lot like more maybe remote viewing type experience where okay you're kind of i like, like that you're using your imagination um yeah. versus like this more super hyper realistic experience that you have when you're having like a lucid dream or an out-of-body experience you know um but it it also allowed me to see the connection between the imagination and what is happening in these like dream states you know like the imagination is is everything it's connected mm. to everything in the mm. mind you know so it's like um you know it opened me up to well, what is the imagination really you know yes and that it was a deep rabbit hole but um, have you ever gotten into the work of neville goddard no i haven't I don't oh know i think that um the the confluence of like you said about the imagination as well as like you know um myths and how like like the bible has all these myths and motifs that may be you know related to your life as well as the cross-section of i don't know if we've said the word yet but hypnagogia yeah hypno hypnagogia the hypnagogic state and engaging that so if i could just real briefly get into it because i'm obsessed yeah. with this guy i feel like even like the life that i lead right now is due to listening to this gentleman who started lecturing in like the 1940s all the way into like the 1980s before he passed on. Okay. And he's from New York and he used to be like more of a uh, performer, like a, a actor, a thespian on stage, a dancer. Um, but he got into this real deep work after coming across a, a spiritual teacher. And so he would engage the hypnagogic state. So for anybody that's not familiar, 
Um, and that also brings up something that you were talking about earlier. It's like you, you kind of have to assume that you are on a similar level as the person that you're speaking to. Um, but I like to also just like, let's let's define terms. Right. You know what I mean? Like we've gone so long into the podcast. I don't know how, how long we've actually started, but we haven't defined the term lucid dreaming. You know, right, it's almost yeah. like it's it's assumed. I mean, hey, you're waking life. You're on episode nine right now. I think yeah. you would know what lucid dreaming is. But if someone was to be exposed to this, I always like to have like a similar concept of a, yeah, sure. a um, definition. Well, and so, like, I, I was on your page, and there was a gentleman named Stephen LeBurge, I believe is what yep. um, you've referred to. And this is how I think about lucid dreaming. It's just you're awake. You you realize that you're in a dream. Right. It's a little, it's more of like an oxymoron. I'm awake inside of a dream. Yeah. Um, but, like, you just are recognizing that this is not your typical waking life, that this is something different that you're a part of. Um, so the hypnagogic state, which is where I want to get a little bit of a definition on from my understanding, and please let me know if you have a different understanding. Um, it's that space. I actually have a, um, I'm a music artist. So I have a, uh, a line <laughs> where it's like that sweet space between your awake and dream state. Yeah. And so, so it could be yeah. like, like the, um, uh, the threshold in a doorway, right? Wow. Okay. So <laughs> hey, bringing it back. <laughs> the the room that you're trying to enter is the dream state, right? And the other room that you're in before is uh, or the outside of the house, whatever yes, it is. Exactly. Um, the waking life, right? And you're trying to um, step on that threshold, which is normally not something that people do. You know, mm -hmm. most people don't experience the in between states in um, waking and sleeping. Yeah, um, and that's actually like this Neville uh, Goddard gentleman he has like manifestation techniques where you engage your imagination in the hypnagogic state yeah like so as you're as you're falling asleep and you realize your body's getting heavy you activate all of your senses inside your imagination so it's like mm -hmm. if i and i'm not going to do this because you know this is really creepy <laughs> but if i wanted to like be in that room with you and like pick up the red book behind you and flip through the pages i would like go to sleep and i would imagine what it would be like to to be in there like i saw a little bit more of the room so i see what it yeah. looks like you know what does it smell like i bet you burn palo santo and and some wild sage and some really cool incense and stuff that you got going on there maybe you got some frankincense and myrrh i don't know yeah but, pretty close yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like i'm engaging my my olfactory senses you know, like what kind of what kind of sounds do we got going on? I bet you got some ambient music. Maybe you got some cool lighting. You got some, you know, other cool stuff you got going on there. And so it's just as much as I could put myself in, like, what would it be like to like touch your shoulder and like look you in the eye and be like, bro, I'm here. We just talked about it on a podcast two years ago and I'm in your room. You know what I mean? As much as you can like engage your mind in what it would be like if it already happened. That's if yeah. I could put what Neville's Goddard work succinctly in a technique is that as you're falling asleep, use all of your senses and your imagination as if it's already happened. And then what he says is, since you imprint that on your subconscious, it's destined to happen. It's just, you, there's nothing else you can do. Like it's going to happen. You just have to believe in it and you just, right. just have faith. And so to me, engaging in that hypnagogic state imprinting on your subconscious through that threshold of of being like just consciously directing your imagination and imprinting on your subconscious i've i've heard of like 
other great minds in history. Have you heard of other great minds in history that have engaged the hypnagogic state before? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's it. I can't uh, name any top of the, uh, names. Yeah, off like top Isaac of my Newton head. or something. There's like yeah. stuff that just pops off the top of my head randomly. Well, most, like probably Da Vinci. I don't know. Most uh, alchemists use. Oh, uh, the of, alchemists. Uh, yeah, most use some. They're tra essentially training themselves to use hypnagogia to in order to wow. do these things. So like. Another way of thinking of hypnagogia is really like a deep, relaxed, meditative state. Yes, um, yes. Because that's pretty much where you're trying to get through meditation anyways, mm. is to um, essentially put the brain in a state that's right before sleep. You're like, you're asleep, but you're not asleep, you know? Yes. You're in hypnagogia. So um, wow. hypnagogia and like deep meditative states are pretty much synonymous with each other. And so um, in, in most of the like... Uh, like occultists and stuff like that will mm -hmm. train you to uh, essentially get to these states, you know, through prayer, meditation, relaxation, and then eventually, like, and usually right before sleep, you know, imagine what you're trying to achieve, program, you know, prime the subconscious in order to express itself through the imagination, and then it actually makes real changes, not just in your you know, phys you know, mind, yes. but also your body, your mindset. Soul, no, exactly. So your on. physical reality. No, that's so yeah. beautiful, sir. Yeah. So, I don't really discuss that in my book. Um, okay. That's what we're here it, for. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's a, you know, it's a little bit more out there, I'd say in for terms sure. of um, what's acceptable for most people, but that's really how, you know, engaging with symbols um, is, you know, like, um, so that's pretty much how they work according mm. to pretty much anything I've ever read and experience myself so it's right. um you know we're knowledge from reading other people's experiences and your experiences meet together it kind of gives you like a, a foundation of like okay this is this is actually real you know um and then as much as anything can be <laughs> yeah and then you so and that's how it works for me you know like i i definitely have had those experiences um Dude, I love that. And I also want to say for anybody that, because I'm like a big definition guy, you know, I, I grew up hearing the term occultist and I'm like, Satan worshiper, right, yeah. the devils incarnate. I mean, nowadays, after, you know, a deep dive into this stuff for lots of years, occultists, occultists are just people that are like alchemists. You know, again, occult just means hidden right. if you want to break down the definition of the word. So they're just people right. actually... I like to call myself a de-occultist because I like to, you know, reveal what's hidden. Oh, okay. So, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but what uh, you're saying, you know, I also want to bring up that you also like your definition of lucid dreaming is more than just what one would consider as I'm falling asleep. And now in my dream, I recognize I'm in my dream. Because, you know, OBEs, out-of-body experiences, right. you know, I heard you say that that was, you know, one of your definitions of like an all-encompassing, lucid dreams, the all-encompassing term, and you have these other aspects that are in there. And I even right. heard you like have different tiers of the dreams. So if you wouldn't mind maybe talking about some of that, like, you know, what are the different aspects like astral project, you know, the hypnagogia, what have you, yeah. um, as well as like those different tiers of different dreams that you've uh, mentioned previously in your works yeah i didn't create the tiers myself okay it's just okay something thank you that uh robert wagner um had in his books and that's what he kind of uh used is like these these levels of experiences that you can have in a dream experience okay. um 
and you know levels aren't a real thing right like they're not like okay now you're in level whatever you past know? level one now i'm on level yeah. two yeah there it doesn't work like that you know um but it's a way that classification we could, yeah we could talk about those things same thing as a symbol right so um yeah so he ha he came up with these ideas of different tiers of um experiences that you can have and it's not like you get to level five or whatever um and then you're gold you know you've like, ascended yeah it, it's essentially every dream and even in the dream you can move around in these tiers so you know i've i've had dreams where yes. i'm lucid and then suddenly i'm not lucid or i'm lucid and i start getting even more lucid in the dream you know i start waking up um i i have a lucid dream and then suddenly it kind of starts transforming into like more of an out-of-body experience you know and like the level of detail and stuff changes dramatically wow. so it's like i uh, think about your waking life you know a lot of a lot of we have those commonly we can talk about those because we yeah. all have the same experience so um you know you're driving in a car yep. and you're listening to your radio and you're not paying attention to anything but you arrive to work you know everybody like, knows that yep. yeah that's, that's like a normal dream right like everything's just yes yeah. and you're just there yeah and now you're just, how did i get here you're like oh <laughs> everything's working fine you know and then you wake up you're like what was that about you know mm. um that could be like a normal dream you know but then say you're driving the car and suddenly you know like uh, somebody slams on their brakes or something and you're like oh shit you know like yep. i'm in a car driving <laughs> yeah i gotta be and paying then, attention in front of me because yeah. there's things going around that it's not just automatic mode yeah now <laughs> you're lucid right you're oh aware. nice so you you've come back to your point of conscious being hey i'm driving a car this is important to me you know and I'm, mm -hmm. some things are happening i need to pay attention it it doesn't really change the dream right because right like, driving the car is happening regardless if you're aware or not you know wow. but um the awareness level is what really is changing things you know and and also events that are happening that's an interesting thing you know like um oftentimes people think i'm the one that created the lucidity right mm. but you know in the in the example of the car it wasn't yeah. you no. that brought you back it was somebody, there's a trigger yeah somebody slamming on their brakes right so there's this meeting of the two worlds, you know, like the, the dream world and you interacting again, where the dream is actually possibly creating the lucidity for you saying, hey, you need to be aware, you know, like um, if you're interested in lucid dreams, it's my view that the dream will meet you halfway, you know, or wow. more, you know, it's like, hey, this guy is interested in exploring more about their consciousness. They're they're touching on these topics that are fundamental to reality and your you know you could call it your higher self mm. knows knows what's happening yes. and it will meet you it will, it will engage with you and pull you into lucidity so a lot of like um you know i talk about reality checks and a lot of people do in those okay. dreams nice the reality check is essentially um performing some type of action like a ceremonial mm -hmm. uh, action throughout the day or something like that where you ask yourself am i dreaming you could look at your hands you're like am i dreaming you know okay. things like that um and a lot of people are like oh do these things they don't really understand why they're working you know um okay but, but i found you know through observation is that sometimes you know i'll do i was doing these reality checks and then i'd come into a dream and suddenly go you know oh yeah i need to look at my hands because i'm in a dream you know and oh then I, and then that in and of itself was was right. the reminder yeah so i already knew that i was uh I was in a dream 
and, wow. and then I would look at my hands and be like, oh yeah, this is cool, you know? Oh goodness. So, um, Is there any my, other reality checks that you're familiar with or like techniques that you like to use that um, you feel are helpful? Well, the hands um, one seems awesome. It also kind yeah. of sounds a little psychedelic. Yeah. <laughs> look at my hands. I think the most powerful one is to engage with everything you possibly can with okay. throughout your day as fully as you possibly can. Oh, just be know? mindful and present? Right. Right. Oh, exactly. wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> Live the, a good life like that? Yes. That's the best, <laughs> that's the best reality uh, check you can do. I uh, love that, Lee. Oh, my gosh. But, oh, my you know, gosh. People do all kinds of different things in order to perform reality checks. Um, I actually like, I think I think to the the movie Waking Life. Yeah. If you remember that, there there is a gentleman that he's like, yeah, every time you walk past the light switch, just flip it. Just right. Flip the light switch or or just look at the clock. If, if, the, the, if the numbers if the numbers aren't there then you might not there's be. problems there's problems <laughs> with all that though okay because, please please because anything that you experience in reality you can experience in a dream because um you know like let's just let's dumb it down to hallucinations right like yeah. let's use this um material view of reality yeah. right for a moment which i disagree with but um so a material view of reality, you know, everything's hallucination in your in your brain, right? It's all chemicals. And, yeah, so it's chemicals, it's hallucinations. So everything that I'm experiencing right now is coming into my eyes, into my senses, and it's processed by my brain. And then whatever comes together eventually as the end result is like my experience of reality, right? Mm -hmm. But it was pre-processed before I even was yes. consciously aware this of it. This blew my mind and when I learned this in psychology. It's like you're like yeah. seven seconds ahead. I'm yeah. like, wait, what? exactly what? so like yeah so you you actually what we're experiencing is delayed you know by um i think it's even close to like 10 seconds yeah right? i thought it was like maybe even more yeah yeah so um you know you you or sorry i think it's a quarter of a second okay Anyways. maybe less who knows either yeah. way it was like hold on yeah i have in my second book. maybe point yeah. 0.10 seconds someone yeah. fact check us out there we're just, yeah. we're just having a conversation you can <laughs> the thing is we're just trying to drop a little breadcrumbs for you to look at if you're interested right it's in my book, so you can read oh, it there, or it's on my on, website keep too. Keep going. Um, it's in the consciousness section. Oh, um, oh my favorite section. Yeah. <laughs> Four chapters. Um, so, you know, you have this delay, and then you have an experience, right? And your experience is delayed. So the main point that I'm trying to get to is like, everything is hallucinated in the brain before mm -hmm. you really experience mm -hmm. it. So your experience of anything is actually a more symbolic experience than a physical real experience it's all inside your mind and it's it's determined what those things are based on your past experiences and your senses right yep your memory of those those things who what people have told you about those things and then also your senses interacting with that thing do you mind if i uh, interject with the wise yeah, sure, words yeah. of a sage named mr lee adams who uh, wrote sure, the yeah. book a visionary guide to lucid dreaming <laughs> page 12 it takes the human brain just 250 milliseconds to deliver a piece of sensory information to our awareness it takes on average 30 to 50 milliseconds for stimuli to reach the brain and then 150 milliseconds of processing before reaching our awareness this continuous triggering of synapses is what we experience as conscious awareness or cognition whether this is the same as the isness that we all experience as a part of what we commonly understand as consciousness is a matter of debate among philosophers and neuroscientists so i think those numbers may speak to a little bit of what we were just chatting about yeah 
Yeah, it, I mean, it seems very quick, you know, but those things are, those slight changes can um, change how an object is, as well as like, <clears throat> you know, our experiences of say the color red or anything like that. Yes. Could be, could be vastly different. Um, and there's no way of really knowing that because- You can't see through my lens. Right. So, um, and there's no real way of verifying, you know, like um, those things. So, well, I always know. take it in, and I'm sorry for just jumping yeah, in, no but problem. I always think about that as like, you know, different cultures or different uh, civilizations have all had different words. You know, I think of, I learned Spanish growing up and, you know, blue is azul. So I see it, I see a color, a hue that reaches my consciousness and, and my trigger word for it is, oh, that's blue or that's indigo or that's, you know, baby blue. And, though someone with a different language structure is going to call it something different right. we are still enhancing or engaging in that but i also know what you're kind of getting at is like my perception of blue or red or green or what have you or any of these symbols or almost anything that we interpret through life it has its own panache its own like little signature just for me that i'm yeah. i'm viewing it as like i i get maybe yeah. a little bit more of an intensity in the blues and greens or lack thereof because i'm blue green colorblind right um and as opposed to you you know the way you interpret or with the way that you see things right you you brought up a good point about language too you know like there's a lot of um kind of talk about like how language defines reality and how, yes oh yes like so you know the western view of reality is very materialistic you know it's very like solid uh, objects you know versus like um some other cultures so and indigenous cultures throughout the world mm -hmm. you know so it's like um that could have molded how we experience things completely different than other people and it also influenced our language and then so like a you know a spanish um you know non engaging with the western yep. concept of materialism may um the, the language itself, what I'm saying is maybe a hint to uh, how those people see reality wow. too, you know, wow. because like how they use those words, how sharp yes. they are and things like yes. that, you know, could be an indicator of like, oh, these people actually see reality in a completely different way than mm. we do, you know. So I think there's a good movie that kind of touches on that is the um, Arrival movie. Um, Arrival. Yeah, is that the one with the aliens? Yeah, they like they're they're not aliens. Whoa, like, whoa! I mean, spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really. Come on, guys. I mean, they're Please aliens. Watch the but, movie, you know. but yeah, I haven't seen it. But you know, that's what it, I always got the vibe as I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, these are aliens. Yeah, it's like a um, well, the rival one is essentially um, language has a huge part of it, you know, and how to understand an alien race that never really, um, you know, spoke yeah spoke English or anything like that, and they actually communicate through symbolic uh images you know so it's it's kind of cool in that sense right mm -hmm. but there's oh, an, as sure. an aspect of memory to that too so um which is a huge interest to me um, yeah no but, and that's awesome because there's a there's a couple of things like a little couple of tracks just as we had been going previously that i you know i definitely wanted to make sure that i could bring up on because it sounds like and please don't i don't want to put words in your mouth so correct sure. me if i'm wrong but it sounds like for you there is an importance to being mindful and being consciously aware and even extending that into your dream state so that lucid you can engage these things differently through lucid dreaming and the other tactics and what have you and i just wonder because i almost had like just this almost epiphany thought i don't know exactly what it means but it's like 
if you want to consider like our lives as like a fractal fragment of you know like just like a, a part of the whole pattern and like the things that we experience in our lives and the different aspects that you know like dreaming what have you you know we come to each existence with amnesia right you know it's like i, I did i wasn't born with knowledge of my past lives right. if there was any right you know what i mean and right. so i almost see that projected into the dream world oh absolutely. i have a dream and i'm and i'm in amnesia you know i had heard you talk about yeah like, <laughs> you like i have had dreams where i'm like an alien being or you know what i mean like i'm looking right. down or I'm, I'm like i'm a different sex or someone's calling me a different name but right. i'm intimately just like yeah that's me what's going yeah. on hey I'm, right. I'm flying through you know alpha centauri right now this is normal right and i don't think that there's not you know there's nothing that yeah and so i'm wondering to Both. you breaking that amnesia and you said the memory is yeah. important is there really you know is, is there more is there more of a thread there for you to pull apart for us well i think it's a lot more confusing than i could oh hell really yeah imagine. about it um so i'll just tell you my experiences where i'm at with it so it. um you know I'll, I'll fall asleep and i'll be in hypnagogia and i'll still start having memories of experiences that i've never had before <laughs> or or uh changes in events that i had during the day even so it's like really? um a memory of something I didn't do during the day. And I'm like, I didn't do that. You know, I have to, okay. I have I, to I just, do this. Yeah. It's me grasping back on, you know, like my a sense of self, you know, my okay. ego. I'm like, okay, who am I? You know, I got to ground myself essentially, you know, I'm like, I'm Lee, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I didn't do those things. And I'm like, okay, mm. good. You know, and then the memory eventually kind of fades. It, it doesn't latch on. Right. But in a dream experience, you're right. Like, um, you know, if you're, if you're just driving the car unaware you know yeah, yeah. in the dream you're like oh this is all normal you know it could be like the most bizarre thing happening to you you're like oh you're like whatever literally driving upside down yeah you're like i'm good you know everything's perfectly you fine. just take it for what it is yeah so and then you wake up and you're like what the heck like how is that normal you know that's <laughs> obviously not normal the the interesting thing is like um so i've had those experiences i've also had dream experiences where i get um a dream character giving me memories or even removing memories in real time so they'll be like oh i'm going to uh, i'm going to mind control you i was about like mind meld and some yeah some wild stuff. so i think one one is like the dream character was an old friend of mine and he okay. happened to be like a, a psychologist or something like is that, this you know? is this also a real um being in, yeah, in your real, real life because there's yeah. times where it's like i i i'm like i'm looking at you i'm like you're my mom and I've never seen you before right. in my entire life, or this is my house and I've never been here in my, yeah. but it's like, it's half my house, half my childhood house, half my school. Okay, but keep going. Yeah, so. So this is a I'll, real person. That yeah, a this real is a real friend. I have to, uh, yeah, I have to clear that up. Yeah, he's a real person. So he's in my dream, but he's playing a role that he yes. never played. He's a, some <laughs> psychologist or something. And, or maybe a hypnotist, I think. Oh, there um, it is. It's probably closer. And so he's like. He's a mentalist. He's like, yeah, he's like, um, you know, I, I did some stuff in the dream that he wasn't a fond of, you know, and he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna erase your memory. I'm gonna start erasing your memory. And I was oh, like, no. I was like, what? And he's like, boom. And I started forgetting pieces of my memory, people that I loved, things like that. And I was in like, the dream, in the yeah, dream, in, in the dream. I was like, okay. I was like, oh my God. You oh know? no. <laughs> and that was terrifying. You know, yes. this, this thing had so much power over me. It could just erase my memory. You know, I was like, oh my God. And 
and I was aware in the dream at that time. I was okay. Lucid. Okay. So in other dream experiences, um, I've had it where uh, a dream character will t start talking to me and tell me things I've done, you know, and I'm like, I didn't do those things. And then suddenly I start memorizing them as things mm -hmm. I've done. And I'm like, oh, like these are real time, essentially memory implants, you know. And then other times I've uh, had out of body experiences, you know, and I'm um, like you're saying, you know, I'm a different sex or um one time i had a different accent than i yeah. um i spoke in an irish accent that's funny yeah and i was like every time I it's not you're anything, putting it on it's just you hear no. yourself and i even cleared my voice i was like <laughs> i was like I would, let me talk like lee yeah i didn't want to talk like that and i couldn't stop talking in that accent <laughs> and i was like what the heck's going on and then other times you know like i had a mirror or something like that and i could see my a reflection of myself in the mirror and okay. I'm not, and I'm not me, you know, yes. I'm like, I had tattoos like all over my chest nice. and I had a shirt on and I like, I pulled my shirt down <laughs> and I could, and I could read the tattoos, you know? And I was like, Oh some, wow. Yeah. I was some short guy with like balding okay. and just like a, kind of like an Irish looking guy. Is it, okay. You know? oh, there it is. Yeah. Maybe and he, and there's he something to like, it. <laughs> yeah. And he was like kind of feisty, you know, and stuff. And I was like, man, what? It's funny. It's that? like, that's who you were. But as you're saying it now, you're like that that person that, you know, that guy was like this. But that's your first person perception when yeah. you're in that viewpoint. Yeah, I was like, who is this person, you know? like. So I was actually wondering when um you lost your memory, was that just like exclusive to the dream environment? Or you came back and you did it's not it's not like you just like forgot who your wife was or you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you didn't have that kind of lasting amnesia. Right. Um, as soon as and, I woke but what up, about what know? about when you gained memories? What if like, oh yeah, don't you remember doing this? And you're like, no, I don't remember doing that. Like, is that something that it just makes rationally and it just makes sense rationally in the dream? But then when you bring it to your waking life, it doesn't. And it's um, more of just now you interpret what could that mean, <laughs> or is it like? Because I also saw I, this is one thing that I wanted to bring up too, is like on your email you have a signature that you're like a dream and you're a sleep coach. Yeah. But, you know, I would imagine, you know, the way that you brought up earlier, it's like you have, you know, conversations like this with people and they're like, hey, I had this crazy dream and this happened. And, you know, you analyze it, you ask more questions, you see, you know, how could this relate to the, someone's life? But do you see like also like that crossover of like, wow, I, I was told that, you know, I lived in Atlantis right. five lifetimes ago. And then you come back to the waking life and then you're like, hold on. I kind of remember being in like the halls of a mentee and I kind of remember, yeah. you know, meeting Thoth back in the day, you know, like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, keeping it, um, into that materialistic view, you know, like, um, I don't know anybody who hasn't woken up from a dream and felt like it's changed him emotionally, you know, like, um, say, you know, you had a loved one in your dream, you lost him, you know, like you have the memory of that loved one as if they're real, you know, and you're, you can justify it. Yeah. Week. You can justify it as being like, you're like, oh, it's just a dream, you know, to your friends. But it affects you. Yeah. But deep down inside, you know, when you're alone and you don't talk about it, you know, with other people, you're like, man, like that feeling of loss is still there, you know, forever. Mm. Sometimes. So the dream is changing you regardless if it's uh say real or not you know so, <laughs> i know but, it's like yeah, but it you know there are people that have had um dream experiences as well as like 
um, deep meditative states, you know, and they, or even they just recall things, you know, in their, in their waking life. And they're like, oh, I lived a past life and this is who I was and all these things. And I had all these memories and people are like, how could you possibly remember that stuff? You know? So you cross You're over making the line. It up. Right. And then they, sometimes they verify, you know, they're like, well, oh yeah, how, I've seen how, a lot of that. How could this happen? You know? And it's like, well, memory isn't the way we think it is. Yes. You know? It's like, if you, um, you know, a lot of people, they love to think, you know, they're like, oh, memory isn't in the brain, you know, consciousness isn't in the brain, it's it's outside, you know, material reality. And you're like, okay. okay, cool. But most of those people are surface level, you know, ex uh, believing that. They, okay. they didn't yeah. really, they they really, really thought it through. Yeah, because when you really start thinking through, you know, there's some hard things that you're kind of having to come in. Uh, in contact with it's like well what's memory who am i it, you know what's the relationship to material reality all these things you know and on and on and it really changes your perspective of all these things you know like memory to me isn't something that is solid and um located in brain mass either you know it's a yes it's, um something that's very malleable very malleable yeah it can and science is obviously like supporting a lot of these concepts like um through research you know like memory isn't stable no like I, I absolutely i'm thinking about because like it's 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 generally perceived as the hippocampus is where a lot of your memory right. is stored and if right. you damage your hippocampus then you won't you know necessarily remember things as much however i've you know been privy to studies where they've taken different parts of people's brains out oh, yeah. to see if you remember things and yeah even if you're taking things out of someone's hippocampus it's not like all right well we just scooped up this gray matter and now you don't have the ability to do that so exactly yeah. like you're stating it's not just some physical place where this is stored it actually makes me think of like rupert sheldrake's work in epigenetics are you familiar with epigenetics uh i've heard about it you know I've i mean it's, it's more just it. like it's more like our genes are more than what there right, is to be right. there like it and you can have ancestral memory right. like maybe i'm scared of heights because <laughs> someone got pushed off a building a long time right. ago or i'm you know what i mean like because it, exactly you know if i'm on a, a, a roller coaster you know my wife's having fun my dad's having fun my brother's having fun and i'm just like oh gosh this is horrible why are we doing this <laughs> right yeah if anybody has you know spent a lot of time with an animal you know growing okay. up from a puppy to you know a dog a puppy to a full grown dog you get to see the changes of the instincts of this dog that you've never taught the dog anything to do, yes. you know? You're like, okay, I guess they just know that, you know? I have a and perfect example of that one. Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever seen where your dog will go to the restroom and then just... Kick it? Kick. Do you know where that's from? Yeah. No. So I had heard someone else explain this, that it's a holdover from when they were wild animals. Yeah, so yeah. imagine you're, you could get preyed upon you you leave you know, Scarred, a little yeah. fecal sample and now an animal comes and sniffs it and sees how fresh it is and it can get you but now if you cover over the pee or the urine you know or yeah. whatever you're you're covering yourself up and i'm like yeah, yeah my my little corgi who's a year and a half years old who has never had to get you know worry about his life being in danger does that in our, my yeah. backyard it's like yeah. where does that come from i never taught him that he never right. had a parent that taught him that right he hadn't done yeah. it for before so that's yeah that's a great example it's it's surprising how little we um look at instinct and say wow you know like these are some pretty dramatic um things you know this animal's doing that 
they didn't learn from any other animal you know <laughs> and 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 then also not apply those things to us you know like the huge the whole human body is no one taught you how to grow you know like yeah do well, i'm looking things. at my nails right now i usually bite them off but now they're really growing i'm like i've never i'm not like yeah hold on grow, grow. right <laughs> no one no one really taught you to bite your nails either right oh there it is hey yeah so there's there's something instinctual to that there's something instinctual to every single thing that we do you know like our whole biology is instinctual right yes. so it's not like somebody taught you how to do that stuff um teaching people is instinctual expressing yourself is instinctual all those ah. things are instinctual it doesn't end and so you know memory um in that sense you know it's like um i don't have all the answers about memory oh no and, no no and how these things work i think it's i think the more you study memory and these relationships to dream experiences um the more you start realizing that you don't uh, the answers that you're given about memory are are very um you know it's like a caveman trying to explain a computer you yes know? oh yes it's like it's just it's a disaster i do eegs for um as a partial living too oh, okay um, i saw that on your website yeah there's a couple of things i wanted to bring up from like school stuff that i saw on your website that being one of them like a sleep eeg is there almost like a a device that one can wear while they're sleeping that <laughs> gives them the the brain state yeah you could do that but i mean they're they're really bad um, okay so i technology is not where we need it to be right now yeah even technology that's an eeg um is really bad so um you know doing it for i do it for neurologists and the you know I, I watch these people and their brain states you know and it really doesn't tell you a lot you know okay. like um and so like you you read these studies you know somebody using an eeg or whatever fmri and stuff like that and they're like they're like oh you know like this place this area lit up or this place you know this area went to this amplitude or whatever and it's okay. like it's and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's our technology to understand the brain is so so horrible that yeah is, like, don't they call it like the consciousness problem like the problem of consciousness like nobody can really nobody really knows what happens when we think right yeah it's you know you watch squiggly lines you're like okay and a lot of and it's people, like you're projecting onto that like you're saying oh well lee had a uh, alpha wave spike when this happened so we're gonna say that because of this correlation this happens but we all know correlation doesn't prove causation right yeah i mean um a lot of people that i do egs on they have like some form of dementia or okay. slowing or something like that and you know i can i can watch a uh 70 80 year old dementia patient and their eeg looks perfectly fine like there's mm. nothing wrong with them whatsoever but they 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 show symptoms of oh, dementia yeah. they oh, don't yeah. know their family members no, or what's going on what have you they're absolutely confused oh like, wow you know i would assume that their eegs would look really bad you know and then yeah no exactly exactly and then i had an eeg done to me you know uh -huh. and, and um and just for you know to, to see what it's all like you know and my EG getting that self-experimentation my EG should have been the dementia patient, you know, like I was oh, like, wow. my, as, bad my way, as, it, as, as bad as it showed you. Yeah. My waves were so low, you know, but I was like super relaxed, you know, like yes. I was surprised. You're not in an energized state. Yeah. Everybody was surprised how, um, you know, relaxed. You're like Lee, get. he's going to have the, the deep waves. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked like I was asleep the whole entire time almost, you know? And so that's interesting, but 
the main shout outs Lee. Come to him if you need to know how to be a, a, a lucid dreamer or a, a, a restful sleeper. Yeah, I could do that for you. <laughs> I could help you anyways. Um, but the you know it's it's just really confusing, um, and it brought me to light about how mm-hmm. bad really like um, this research is that we're we think that we understand yes, the brain. Yes, we're putting you know? so much faith in. Oh, yeah. this is how it is. This is how it's yeah. always been. But it's like, is it really? Or are we just kind of making ourselves feel better by saying we figured it out when we really right. didn't figure it out? Right. I think I think the, the, the other answers are a lot more um, supported by uh, modern science. You know, okay. consciousness doesn't reside in the brain. Yes. Um, and that material reality is not everything, you know? <laughs> like, yes. It's like, I mean, come on. I think it's a joke, too. Actually it's a joke. That. I mean, in 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 the same kind of material milieu of science that this is all there is, and you know, we're all just chemicals firing and like hallucinogen hallucinations, what have you. But everyone readily admits. I mean, I would say most people readily admit that we only see a fraction of the light spectrum. Right. You know, that's why there's infrared, and that we have to have technology that shows infrared or ultraviolet. But we only right. see a small fraction, and we can only hear a small fraction. And and I mean. I don't know if you exactly go into it in the book, but I'm sure you know that like your brain takes in like 6 billion signals per second, but we can only filter and process a small fraction of those. But that doesn't mean the other stuff's not going on. And I actually was just having a conversation yesterday. Yes. And actually I was just having a conversation yesterday about um, something that I wanted to get in with you on um, because I, I've heard you use the word entheogen and that you um, might have explored different states or maybe just you'd be interested in exploring yeah. different states through the, the kind of plant medicine use. And so this conversation I was having with my friend, he was like, yeah, when you take certain substances, let's just say psilocybin, it blocks your ability to block the right. different uh, signals. So instead of saying like, hey, I can only take in this little small filter, it actually widens that gap. And now, you know, because I'm like, I'm asking him like, okay, so sacred geometry, why is it that I've been, I had an out of body experience off four grams of psilocybin and I'm seeing the flower of life projected over the entire world and i had this epiphany that we're all just one circle of the of the the flower of life and we all come together to make this beautiful tapestry and this beautiful thing is it because i've seen the flower of life before i consume this substance or is it because this is one of the ultimate realities and that's what's there and his argument was is when you take something like that you're actually removing the scales from your eyes if you will and you're seeing the world as it is yeah um you know i i got interested in psychedelics because um uh jeez uh, yeah dr strassman's work on DT's oh yeah molecule oh my I, goodness i'd read that book powerful and, yeah and i never experienced anything like that um with the psychedelic and Same. um and but i noticed some correlations to like maybe out of body experiences or dream lucid dreams or something so i wanted to see the relationship to that and i wanted to experience that you know and so i i tried psychedelics you know to kind of build the the relationship there to see if there's something there you know and it it definitely opened up a different you know doorway to me um to explore and uh, kind of a long you know i spent years in that area trying to really understand that you know like uh what is a shaman you know and yes all this stuff. yes yes 
and you know really kind of it kind of came full circle in a way um you know it all as everything does to, yeah this relationship to uh the imagination and really what the imagination is you know what is symbols and stuff like yes. that yes um, getting goosebumps already <laughs> but uh the 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 main thing is like um one thing i you know learned is you know today we use like the term default mode network a lot in okay. um, neurology dealing with psychedelics and stuff okay and default so, mode network what is that just like your normal main uh, mind state before it yeah pretty much yeah okay. it's a your normal yeah complicated way of saying like your baseline mind yeah okay. and essentially they say you know psychedelics shut down the default mode network and that's why they're so powerful and, oh, and they give down the default states. yeah so if you look into like what the descriptions of default mode network are they're essentially synonymous with uh ego right yes and sense of self and stuff like that mm -hmm. you know all things associated with what we determine as ego um not everyone uses the term ego the same so oh ego's bad you need to kill your ego you do you'd have to experience an ego death and then never get it ever again so that yeah. you can never be your like hold on so hold on. <laughs> yeah if, if you do research in uh, people that have like dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff okay. like that, um, their default mode, mode network is also shutting down, right? Oh, wow. So, um, wow. So, if you want to see somebody that has ego death, you know, just go to your local um, retirement facility, wow. you know, and find assisted the most, living, yeah, the most demented person you can get, and there you go. That's that's not having an ego, exactly. Though that's such a great point, Lee. I've never <laughs> made that connection. I'm gonna probably say yeah. this to everybody now. Um, so yeah wow because they don't remember who they are they don't remember right. the this person's relation to them because they don't have that identity to me ego yeah. is identity they have no sense of time they have no sense of self they have wow no memory they have no memory of anybody they have no i mean it's it's absolutely horrible for them and their, their mm -hmm. loved ones you know mm -hmm. um and so yeah there's a lot of people i see that that take uh psychedelics or entheogens or what i like to call entheodelics um, cause you know, like the word psychedelic means to like reveal your mind, psyche, delic, and entheogen means to, to create the God within, to generate the God within. But I'm like, hold on, you already have a God within you, whether or not you've ever taken this substance. I don't want someone to think they have to take psilocybin right. or to have to take these things to be divine. So I, I mix the words together. So entheodelic, it reveals the God within. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. You know the, the the important thing that I think uh, I learned from like Jung's work is okay. um, the concept of like having a um, a healthy ego. You know, and that's why I really promote yes. people is like um, you know you can have a too rigid uh, ego or too malleable ego depending on and everybody is kind of on a spectrum, right? Yeah. And a too rigid ego is like um, if it's it's like glass. You know, it's it's solid, but uh, if it gets punctured you know it'll shatter is, it'll shatter and you can never re put it back together again it's like humpty dumpty right yeah i think of like cognitive dissonance like yeah. you, you you're presented with new information you either don't believe it or it shatters your worldview yeah um and then sometimes you know you can't really recover from that or it takes a long time for people to recover humpty right? dumpty, yeah. yeah and um, <laughs> all the king's horses yeah so that's one and then the too and, malleable you yeah, tell me something and it's automatically true Right. You believe everything or um, you experience something, say, on psychedelics or something, and you immediately, it kind of possesses you, takes you over, right? Wow. So 
Um, you know, a lot of people, not a lot, but yeah, some, some people get like uh, this like Jesus craze, you know, after they take uh, some psychedelics, they're like, I've had that. I'm I've had a, I have a Messiah Jesus. complex. Yeah. They're like, I'm Messiah now, you know, or some aspect of it, you know, and it's yeah. like that, um, you know, that symbol that is actually like a pattern on all of us, you yes. know, but we're being possessed by it because we have no like concept of ego anymore you know and then and it's like it shattered our world right the experience yeah. that and we're like we want to share this because we're possessed by that um yes that symbolic pattern that's in us in us you know taken over so you know there's importance to having a an ego that is both malleable you know but also strong at the same time so you can and, and everybody's like i said on a specter no one's perfect in that mm -hmm. but um i think though you know one of the goals in life is to actually um to know yourself right to like yes. to know the relationship to you that and be like okay who am i you know i'm i'm actually this like thing this ego thing and i'm like valuable you know i'm like mm -hmm. building a relationship with that too i'm also all these other things and i'm building relationships with those things too you know i'm kind of like a mediator actually in a weird yes. way between all these different things i call it right? i call us the fulcrum Right, we're the yeah. fulcrum the bell the balance pivot point between everything and everything else yeah we're those things but we're also like you're saying the fulcrum you know <laughs> so, so it's interesting um and i think you know get back to kind of like dreams and all and how they all relate together is like these these aren't like different experiences really you know like dream isn't like a different thing than waking reality okay or a psychedelic or anything like that they're okay. actually they're all the same experience and but they're they're like different lenses on yes, those things. You filters. Know? Like you yeah. Instagram filter, you look like, like this. Your dream yeah. filter looks like this. Your psychedelic filter looks like this. Your waking life right. filter looks like this. And you know, you could say the filter is actually the default mode network or the okay. ego. And okay. and how malleable it is or how not. Mm. And when you're in a meditative state, you know, the default mode network shuts down as well or wow. your dream state the default no mode network shuts down so your mm -hmm. ego is essentially mm -hmm. changing you know so your filter is changing so in that sense all these things are happening at the same time you know like the the experiences you have in psychedelics are are real in the sense that they exist and they're happening yes so is physical reality so is the dream experience they're actually all one and the same thing but it's the filter that you're experiencing those things and how it changes those things and it's not to say that like oh, okay you know i had a psychedelic experience and like i saw like all my loved ones die you know mm -hmm. and then i came out of it and they're all dead now mm -hmm. it's not it's not no. to say that no you in that sense you would be using your waking filter to interpret you know your yes. psychedelic no, great point that's filter. a great point and that's not how it works you know like you have to learn a different language essentially to experience those things in the way that they were meant to be experienced and that's symbols and symbols yes. you know uh, symbols are language you know um in a sense and they are but um anyways it kind of goes back to you know symbols and what what those things are and, I, I i truly feel like symbols are like the original archetypes of the universe like certain yeah. shapes like certain things of sacred geometry like i've heard metatron's cube is like the entire universe is contained within that symbol yeah. you know i have my own philosophy about the flower of life that i talked about that we're all like one intricate we're all one circle of this intricate tapestry that comes together um it was like the holographic holographic universe right yes oh goodness yeah so like um, if you study anything to its fullest extent, you, you have will, everything you will see. Yeah. You will see 
the original thing in that thing you know mm-hmm. so um, you know you could study anything and you would find you would find the truth of that thing if you studied it enough you know you, mm-hmm. you engaged with it enough. yes and i think and i think that goes back to like because i i am so much like my, the work that i put out here and the work i do with myself is about learning more about who i am and 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 imploring others to learn more about who they are and i think you know you've you've like highlighted that yourself as far as like like kind of like one of the purposes of us being here is to know ourselves more you know the oracle of, of delphi they had the symbol above the the entryway to the cave it was temet nosuke it also was in the matrix when you walked into the the uh, the oracle there yeah you know know thyself and it's like like you said if if you study yourself and you can actually see the blueprint of all of reality what right. you know i know rudolph steiner had a quote like we are all the cosmic man like we are like you can find the entire universe inside yourself yeah and you know he also talks about things on a, a way deeper level than i can even begin to understand um but i one thing that i heard you say in a previous interview that i wanted to highlight here because i was like ooh, my man knows because i i've i've had several psychedelic experiences in my lifetime and i'd like to talk about the benefits of them however i'm at the point where i'm like i don't need these right now i've i've done a lot of journeying i've you know i've i've done a lot of shadow work because of it and i don't necessarily feel drawn or called to a psychedelic experience currently and i don't want to feel other people to make them feel like oh well if i want to get on lee's level i want to get on cody's level then i got to do these crazy things like if it does not no. call out to you please do not do it yeah if, if you haven't done your prerequisite research i can't imagine uh lee that you just went willy-nilly into this you're like oh no. that sounds cool let me try it um you this for me it was years of research before i even tried anything i learned how it could induce schizophrenia if you have that as a as a potential you know what i mean it could it it can exacerbate already known issues so i was treading lightly when i first got into it and when i went deep you know i went pretty deep and i didn't necessarily need to come back into those deep waters after going pretty deep (laughs) Um, but the thing i was trying to get around to was you had said in a previous interview that you did maybe like a month ago that in your opinion lucid dreaming is a more i would say a more like higher fidelity experience than in theodelics yeah um you kind of froze up there so hopefully oh, you're my still, apologies. it's all good dude. you're like your face is good too man it's perfect um you're good now uh, my back. wife was calling oh okay you're back <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, did you did, were you hearing what I was saying? Yeah, other than yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, um, what I was meaning by that is, uh, you know, I I don't want to disregard anybody else's experiences. Again, you know, I can't really, um, I can't say, oh, you didn't have that experience, or you, right, you know, no, that's no, no. not as good as quality as mine, so on, you know. Absolutely, but you can but, only speak from your experience, from when right. you've had this versus when you've had this versus when you've had this. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lucid dream experience um, is so realistic. You know, mm, that's what and it's realistic. so so tactile, so sensory, so just real in the sense that it's it's described as higher, you know, more real than real. Um, <laughs> when I've had psychedelic experiences, they are different. You know, they're very they're very 
different type of experiences. Yes. Yes. Um, so that it's hard to relate the two together. You know, like um, I did try like um, a tincture of salvia before. No way. Before I did anything else. That's wild. But I, I did my research and that's why I did a tincture because okay. it's a lot. Yeah, I've heard smoking it is, is an yeah. experience. I've never uh, heard the, the oral ingestion or the sublingual yeah, ingestion. Yeah, it's a lot lot more mild, you know. It's nice. like how it was actually originally used. Okay, okay. Um, so, and it wasn't an extract or anything like that, you know. It's like Did you see you didn't full-on dissociate? No. Nice. No, but... I've um, heard of that's a horrifying experience. Yeah. I, I've, I've highly cautioned people against that. Um, but I used this tincture, and, you know, I took it, and nothing seemed to be happening, you know. I was like, okay. that's weird. And, you know, I closed my eyes and suddenly there was a guy there, you know, and he, had, <laughs> he was like, he was in like New York City with a fedora and he's like, hey, come with me. And I was Sounds like, like, you found like a uh, Virgil from uh, <laughs> Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, and I kind of, I fell asleep right after that. Oh, but nice. I, Whoa. Yeah. So I don't know what happened, you know. Oh, come um, on. That should have been a lucid dream. That would have been so yeah. cool. But, um, <laughs> you know, I woke up and I was like, uh, that was weird that was just like a daydream you know okay and, and so it was a very mild psychedelic experience you know but um it was daydream it was more like a daydream than a lucid dream you know it's like okay i'm imagining but my imagination's so vivid and real that it kind of draws mm. me into it and it's like i'm gone you know it's like Versus it's like, like a daydream turned into a movie that's like a vr experience yeah yeah <laughs> and a, a lucid dream is like you can you know you you can't tell the difference between you being awake and you being in a in a dream state and that the, like the detail the level of detail around you yeah i mean you could be in any situation you're like okay i'm gonna touch you know i'm gonna touch the car steering wheel and you're like wow i can really feel it you know and like, then you like zoom in and you're like oh i could see the different striations yeah. and the different yeah. holes and the wow there's no this is real yeah there's i mean you were talking about reality checks, you know, like um, I've had lucid dream, you know, out of body experience type dreams where I flip the light switch on and off okay. as fast as I possibly can, you know, to try to mix it up and it works perfectly. Nice. Fine. OK, I like that because th that movie Waking Life came out in 2002 yeah. and, you know, it's just certain people's interpretations of things. Right. And so it's like, again, it yeah, doesn't mean it's going to be that for you. That's not going to be your trigger. Yeah, reality checks, you know, was I was testing them to see how nice. realistic That's the fire. dream was, you That's know, fire. and looking at a clock too, you know. Yes, uh, okay. Like you're saying, and the clock's ticking as perfectly as if it was, if I was awake, you know, and I'm like, what yeah. the heck's going on here? Yeah. So in that sense, you know, like um, the psychedelic experiences I've had and even like really deep ones with, you know, ayahuasca. Um, oh, wow. And, You've had and, personal journeys with that? Yeah. And, oh, wow. That's deep they're they're in their diff they're in their own way very powerful experiences mm -hmm. you know like they're nothing to be trifled with but the same sense like the, the lucid dream experience is so much different in in the sense of material realness you know yes. they, they are so real that you can't determine the difference between the reality and the dream you know um so you know Hmm. I think they're each in their own, but in the sense, you know, um, it was like, uh, I forget the guy's name, um, Michael Pollan. As his okay. Name. I'm not a fan of his because he um, he said in an interview that 
you know, psychedelic experiences are way more powerful than a dream experience could ever be. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you don't have the dreams I have, you know, mm-hmm. and people I know mm-hmm. have, you know, mm-hmm. it, what I'm saying is I don't discredit either of them. No, what I'm saying is they're powerful in their own way. Um, you know, one, one thing that I realized is like, I have psychedelic experiences every single night, five times a night on average. Yes. You know? And they yes. last, they last for hours sometimes. And you, you know? didn't ingest anything. Yeah. And I had nothing, you know, and I could take a nap, you know, in yeah. like, and <laughs> in, in 30 minutes have, have a dream, you know, a psychedelic experience. It's like, what is going on? Why are, and everybody has it and nobody talks about it. It's like, I know, or, or you know, like, it's not, it's not to like, oh my gosh i just had this visionary experience right. where this thing happened and it taught me deep truths of this like you know I, I i feel like we're on like the kind of like the the tail end that's almost being eaten by the oroboros snakehead of quetzalcoatl um <laughs> but as we're as like i'm not trying to wrap up in the next yeah. five minutes or anything but as we're we're toning down a little bit here um there's a lot of things like i've been fascinated by dreams you know, since I was young, like I'm sure you're familiar with message boards and forums yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. You've even created your own modern day version in, in the Facebook group. Um, I remember, I can't remember the name of the place, but I was like 13 years old. I had a dream that I thought was so real that I thought my, my parents abused me. Wow. I thought my dad threw me across the room. I like, I talked to my mom about it the next day. And she's like, that never happened. And I like, I'm like, no, I remember my dad was so mad at me. He picked me up by my shirt. It, it, it defies the laws yeah. of physics. He right. picks me up by my shirt and tosses me across the room. Yeah. And I'm like, but no, I remember it happened. It made me like, I still to this day, I can see it happening inside my head. Right. And so like what you were talking about is like Michael Pollan has his own opinions on things. Like you've had, you have your own experiences. People, you know, have had your own experiences. So it's it's that's subjective but i know me personally and my anecdotal experience when i had taken uh different substances like psilocybin it feels like the dream that i'm not lucid in right it feels like the the thing that it's like you grasping at the like terence mckenna would say you would have like a a sand in your hand and it's all the 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 little particles are falling out the clear and it's just like you're gone you can barely remember the details Versus I was 13 years old, never ingested any substance, uh, you know, psychedelic or inebriating substance in my life at that point. And I still to this day remember the feelings that I felt and all the visuals from that dream that I went on a message board asking people like, hey, have you guys had these experiences before (laughs) where it's like it didn't happen, but you swear in your life it happened. I'm like, I'm not the only one. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, it goes back to, you know. What is the foundation? You know, every the foundation is everything is the imagination, right? Wow. Um, in the sense that you know everything, you could say everything is hallucination, right? Well, everything or, came from the imagination. Like, right. I, like I like to say this: everything that we're on has been designed through the imagination. Even right. us as human beings, like. I'm sure I had, I was in my mom and dad's imagination before I existed, just right. like the concept of a baby, like, oh, yeah. whether they plan to have me, you know, they thought about having a baby at some point in their lives. Right. So it's just like everything started out in the imagination. Right. So in the material world, everything is still starts off as the imagination because it, you imagine something and then you take action on it. You don't just take action and then you imagine it. It's not, <laughs> that's not how it goes, right? So. 
but in a esoteric world you know like in a spiritual world uh aspect uh everything is imagination and then it yeah it's it's slowed down essentially yes. you know and it comes into form oh my so gosh. um but the what i'm going with that is like there's different ways to experience the imagination you know and you could we kind of talked about the default mode network you yeah. know and the, as a lens so everything is just changing that lens you know and then experiencing the imagination in different ways um so like you know the psychedelics the lucid dreaming meditation all those things can mm. get you to wherever you want it's like engaging that same imaginative principle yeah wherever you uh are you know wherever they're taking you 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 can go that way you know yeah. so one's not really more powerful exactly than another exactly and this is to me where i feel like we all have our own like we i feel like you know we, we're tapped into something similar like consciousness is like coming from a source if you right. will you know I, I think i might have mentioned this prior to us jumping on but like I, I truly feel like we're almost living in a lucid dream inside the mind of a higher being, yeah. you know, God or the generative Absolutely. principle or what have you. And it's like, that's why when you have lucid dreams and you're like, wow, this is more real than real life. It's like, yeah, because it's like you're actually waking up to the fact that you're in your own mind. Like, this right. is something I want to talk to you about. I had yeah. a friend. I had a friend who had a he's a music artist. He's a hip hop. Shout out to Kambada. He had a dream, a lucid dream, where he's talking with his mom who's freestyle rapping to him. Oh, well. And so I'm like thinking to myself, but like you're in the confines of your own mind. All right. This is not your mother speaking to you. This is you as your mother rapping, you know, your right. thoughts to yourself. Right. Like like when you're when you're in a yeah. dream, like it's all constructed in your mind. Yeah, I mean, it's that's uh, I mean, mind, you know, like that's a big thing. Um, what but, is the mind? Yeah, <laughs> it's a so, metaphor for the metaphysical. It's hard to unwrap that because, like, his, you know, the relationship that he has to his mom it means one thing, you know. So her is a symbol of this thing that's rapping to him and the words <laughs> she's saying and how she's saying it and all those things. Yes, exactly. How, exactly. And the emotions that he's feeling from those words, yes. all those things come together and create an experience. It's not like you can dumb these down and there's like infinite amount of data you know in all that you know so it's like you can't just you know like a person that has a, a psychedelic will use psychedelics because it's commonly yeah. used today it's like i had this experience and they're like well what'd you see dude you know and you're like i know i it's, saw to me it's not about the visuals yeah it's like i saw these things you know i can't really like, describe whoa, it it was like like tracing and like yeah. everything had trails and like oh my gosh things are a little bit more geometric yeah, yeah no I, again and it's like what are you describing to that person you know you're you're describing nothing really you know it's like oh cool dude you're like okay um what i i come to this idea kind of that you people are more you know consciousness is in people are kind of more like tr on trains you know like they're on these rails Train you know? Yeah, there you go. They're on these rails and each person's on their own little rail, you know, and sometimes we can look over and see somebody on a, you know, they look like they're going on the same direction as us, yeah. kind of, you know, and we're like, yeah, that person's like, they're on this rail, you know, with me, you know, but really they're not. They're on a different <laughs> they rail. They got their own track. Yeah. And they're doing their own thing. It yeah, makes so me think like, of like, I'm sure you've seen the, the, these like, these are like mind fucks that I love. 
these pictures or like gifs or videos and it's like you can imagine this train going left and now look at it imagine it going right and it's going in both directions it's just your conscious observation uh. of which way it's going it's like oh they're going with me now that i'm looking at it they're going in the opposite direction wow <laughs> yeah so um and often you know people like to they want uh we're we we like groups of people you know we like things people doing the same thing we're yeah. doing so we're like well, you know, like, don't stay away from this other stuff, you know, because, oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't be went, a dark Luciferian, guys. Yeah. That's horrible. I already went down that path, and, like, you, you don't want to go down there. And it's like, <laughs> but they don't realize, like, there's no choice on a tr on a rail, you know? Mm, like, like when you're on a rail, destiny. you you're going, you know? Yeah. And and the it may pull you to one way, and it may pull you to another wow. way. And it, there's, you know, there's some knowledge in, in, saying oh this is what my experience was like and these are the struggles and things i had so that if somebody goes into that they can they know danger you know when they mm -hmm. see it mm -hmm. things like that but um you know for the most part i think we're kind of on a we're on a track and we're going the way that we're going to go yeah. and um and it's okay that we're different and we have different struggles and different experiences and like engage with our imaginations in different ways you know uh i don't I don't see anything wrong with that, you know. I think it's needed. Yeah. I think I don't think everything could exist if everything didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> I mean a lot of a lot of you know, and I'm I'm like 37 now, so I'm no getting, way, dude. Yeah, I would have never guessed that ever. <laughs> I was at 27. Oh, thanks. Well, I swear on my life. Oh, okay. Well, I'm getting older, so you know, I'm ref reflecting more on things that I didn't like in life and oh. things I did like and things i don't like today you know and it's like um i started to realize you know i don't i don't have to like these things that other people like you know or um you know if if i'm not able to do something because i have a limitation in something yeah. you know it's like well it's a gift actually because yes. of, you know i i could do things differently than those people can you know mm -hmm. we're so interested in fitting in with we don't need perpetual sameness yeah and that it, it's a hindrance actually if we could and Oh my See those gosh, things dude. that are different, then we would really be able to achieve some amazing things. I think and so. To me, to me, what it is is like, listen to yourself. If you listen to this podcast and you're like, okay, so Cody talks about how he'd taken psilocybin. That's one. That's one route. You know, Lee talks about how he's able to to not take any substances other than I actually want to get into. Like I heard that you might know of some good um, things like supplements yeah. to help you with lucid dreaming so maybe just not exactly what they are but just uh, roundabouts sure um and then i have something about cannabis too because i'm um, really into <laughs> cannabis um so that's what we can start wrapping up as yeah sure but basically i'm like what are you drawn to like i'm drawn to underground hip-hop music lyrical hip-hop music i'm drawn to cannabis <laughs> consciousness expanding like yeah. these are the things that i'm drawn to and you know, there's people that I that are I'm really close with that we have similar mentalities and philosophies. They're like, I like country music and I like psychedelics. I'm like, okay, cool. Someone else is like, I like dance music and I like just meditating. I'm like, okay, cool. But it's like we have the same conversations. Right. But these are the things that I'm interested in versus this is the things you're interested in. And I just think like it's about being radically authentic, acknowledging what you like and what you are. And just going after that and not just being like, oh, man, Lee's so cool. I want to be like him in seven years when I'm 37. I'm going to go get my bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm going to go right. to the Pacifica Graduate Institute. I'm going to, you know, it's like, hold on. 
No. Lee already exists. <laughs> Don't do those things, man. <laughs> uh, but do you know what what? you're drawn and called yeah. to. Right. You don't want to have the struggles I've calling. had. Um, not saying that my struggles are even worse than anybody else's, but... Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't think you want to join the Navy. And... Oh, wow. That's how I was... Yeah. Okay, yeah. You said uh, 14 years yeah. in the service? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You. you don't... Yeah, thanks, man. Um, you don't, you know... I mean, unless you're drawn to those things, you don't want to do Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't. My friends both joined at the same time. They're like, hey, Cody. I'm like, that's just not me. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, we're no nothing to be sorry about either. Um, well, I'm sorry to my friends that I wasn't going along yeah, the yeah. journey with them. You know, I'm not sorry <laughs> yeah. to you necessarily yeah. as much yeah. as but like you know. I, I understand what you're getting at. It's like yeah, but that's that's being on the track. That was yeah. a part of your track. That's your right. destiny. That's your fate to go through those yeah. things. To here we are, you know, 4:24 at 2:01 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. You right. lived your entire life. I lived my entire life, and here we are. We have this moment together talking about this. Yeah, I think. Um... I think what you're getting at to me is like this the train rail thing again right like usually we today think um you know i'm i'm the charge of my destiny yes. you know i can do whatever i want to do and it yes. will lead to me to success right yes, absolutely and what there's an alternative that most people don't um you know really engage with and try to um understand is like maybe that's not true maybe mm -hmm. maybe this is already done and you're actually just experiencing something you're remembering emotions if you will yeah or it's it's not even happening it's a memory right and you're oh, experiencing heard, memory. that's in waking life what if yeah. we're all dead and we're just the, everything that's going on right now is just the life review or there's no death and there's no life it's just a, oh yes it's just a memory of you could call god right yeah and, and it's very possibly that that's how it is um feels very real it feels it, very it, real. and it matters you know mm -hmm. in some way and it's very important that we live life to the fullest i think but mm -hmm. what those things are i don't know um but anybody does but if you if you entertain that idea then there's you know there's this almost determination predetermination of like the experiences you're having you know like you go to a movie right and you watch the screen and nobody has a problem with like being engaged with the story and where it's going you know right. some somebody did this you know and it's already pre-made yeah you're not actually you're not causing this to happen no you know? like you're you're just witnessing you're observing right right and if if we know anything about like human creation we reproduce patterns even yes. unconscious unconscious patterns yes. into the things that we do so like a movie i think is a very it's a an analogy of of actually the experience that we're having in waking life like in, mm. in, in our lives it's we're actually experiencing wow a similar movie experience you know and we're yeah. experiencing it so, where the where the characters the scene you know the set and the scenery are you know the, our life the things that happen the dramas and tragedies between relationships exactly yeah, so, dude. so i you know even today i feel pulled in different directions sometimes directions that i encountered in the past that i really didn't fully uh work through or anything mm -hmm. like that so i'm constantly mm -hmm. i'm going back to those things and you know and enjoy those things and kind of asking myself well why what is the meaning in this you know yes. versus like um trying to why is this happening to me right instead of trying to steer the ship in different directions you know or this train which is impossible right mm -hmm. instead i'm going why am i on this track where is this track going yes. why is it going that way you know yes 
and what are these things I'm encountering and what's the lessons of them, you know? So uh, you use the train metaphor analogy and I see it a million percent. Um, one of my favorite songs that I could suggest I implore anybody uh, to listen to is Idea Here For You. And he talks about in the very beginnings uh, words that we're all born into this river without knowing how to swim. And eventually we learn how to keep the water under our chin. And that, so essentially he's just saying we're in a river that has its course, it's already flowing. We, we, our issues with life are because we have goals and desires that we are like, I'm gonna go over here and do this thing. But it's like, no, we're, we're, we're winding on the path. You're not going over here. You're actually meant to go over there. Yeah. And it's like, but you're like, no, I, I, I want to do this. And then your expectation of like, this is what I want to do. I wanted to go to school to USF to get a psychology degree, to get this thing, to get this thing, to get this thing and make my mom proud and do this. You know, yeah. maybe I'll, maybe I'll be Lee in seven years kind of situation. Yeah. And then it's like, hold on. That's not really what happened. And the more you and me and anybody that's listening to this is like open to what is. I feel like that's what I've learned from kind of like more these entheodelic experiences. Right. You, I, you, there's this moment where it's like, oh gosh, what did I do? Why am I feeling this? Oh no, this like, t- like cl- clinging onto my ego identity. And then it's like, hold on, just let it go. Let it wash over. What happens, happens. It is what it is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's, that's, I feel like the way you engage your reality has some kind of, intimate understanding of like how you are yourself right you know what how well do you deeply know yourself and if you don't really deeply know yourself then you're not going to engage this this waking this default mode network in in a in a way that could be as magical as otherwise because if you're embracing the unknown and you're open to the possibilities and you see the pattern and you to me it'd be grateful for the synchronicities like so much stuff that I've listened to you previously or read through this book and came across. I'm like, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. Oh, my gosh. Did he hear about this guy? Oh, my gosh. Did he hear about this guy? I want to <laughs> tell him about this trip. I want to tell him about this dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's connected. Right. But if you see yourself as disconnected, then that's how you're going to engage your life. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, something else to be said in that is that um, the try to think this through real quick um the importance of that struggle too is really important so like um you know like um i tend to think that life you know like everything is important in life including the struggle of like um of that so like say i have a desire to be you know like you you know i'm like okay you know i really want to mimic you you know i want to i want to do all these things that you're into do podcasts, you seem like a cool guy why don't i want to be more like you right and then and then i struggle with that you know like okay it doesn't match right the the, right. the pieces aren't going into the holes i'm like yep and then i'm struggling with them like what does that mean you know like that struggle right there there's a tremendous amount of knowledge to be gained mm. from that you know so what i'm uh you know like uh for me telling people to to be even more open, you know, be like, oh, you got to be open, bro, you know, to these things, you know, it's like, I'm still on my track, right? Yes. And like, they're not on that. That may not be there. That may not be where they're at. Right. So I've had to encounter and I'll continue to encounter things that really struggle with me, you know, like that really put terror in me and Mm. I have to face that fear and Mm. I have to work through those things. Yes. 
that to me is life you know exactly it's not exactly it's not avoiding those things right it's actually engaging with those things like consciousness you know awareness Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. engagement to the max you know like if you can engage with the reality waking reality to the max it would be as psychedelic as anything yes yes like yes look at this flower like Engage yes oh my gosh look at the striations look at the bead look the pollen it turns into honey right. oh my gosh how is this even real is this right. even real right. so like, you on. know and just so everybody knows i have not ingested any cannabis or anything today <laughs> this is me on alkaline water and a, a, an Eero from the local yeah. uh katarina's shout outs katarina's tarpa springs i've had um, coffee so you know that is there it is kind of a psychedelic in yeah. a way so oh yeah but okay, okay so i i kind of wanted to end back on to this. the supplements um, by all means by all means <laughs> yeah the supplements and the um you know i want to talk about cannabis like yeah you know by all means i don't want to put you on the spot even though you've talked no. about even more other things but have you I used cannabis cannabis yeah. yes. i use cannabis daily almost. actively okay savage so same here um have i'm sure you know with your knowledge on dreams and memory and what have you you've come across similar findings that i have that yeah. THC can inhibit your REM sleep. Right. Have you come across that? Well, um, or is that I, is that a misnomer? Um, I I don't. To be honest with you, I haven't kept up on the research about the REM uh, issue. Okay. Um, but I did hear a podcast um, in a neurologist. I forget his name. I'm nice. not a fan of the guy. Um, <laughs> I see. This is what I like about you, Lee. You highlight more stuff that you don't like just to bring up as a point that we could talk about than the stuff yeah. that you do like half the time. So yeah, okay. Um, well, I, I'm not fond of that person, but and yeah. I don't remember his name, so I can't really diss him. Anyways, but <laughs> he was on Charlie. All you neuroscientists out there, we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I do have a neuro. I mean, I work for a neuroscientist. That's what I always like. We're coming for you, Lee. And, and he's a nice, he's a nice guy, and he has a lot of similar views that we do. So That's not all. Fire. That's fire. No. Not all neural scientists no, no, are the no, same. All, and not all cool <laughs> podcasters are really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Um, what I was getting at is um, he, he was saying that uh, cannabis stops, it suppresses REM, right? And so REM is really confusing and associating with the dream. And we're talking, um, we're talking the band, right? Yeah, REM. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so again, this is like I'm. I'm a definition. Yeah, REM, like, I know you and me. We understand is, REM, rapid yeah. eye movement. It's this, and again, if you know a little bit more than me, in my understanding of it, is that's the part when you're sleeping, when your eyes are fluttering behind right. your eyelids, and that's actually a lot of the time when you're dreaming is when you're in REM. Yeah. So there's some debate with okay. like anything, you know. Absolutely. If you dive deep into it, yes. holes start the appearing, nuance. right? Yeah. So. Um, there's Mark or Mike Solom, I think his name is, nice. um, and Ellen Hobson. If I, uh, it's on my website, but okay, um, yeah, it, they had a debate. Com. Yeah, they they're both neurologists, and they had this huge debate um, that lasted for years about uh, what's you know where's dreams essentially created right in the brain and stuff mm. like that, and what stage of sleep and stuff like that, and um, I think it's Mark. Um, Solomon is Dr. Okay. Solomon will say. Okay. Uh, he went through, you know, all the research and everything, and he pointed out that essentially um, 
dreams aren't created in the places that we typically would think they're being created and there's all these other experiences like in non-rem states that you can have dreams right nice. and and so you know there's hypnagogy and stuff like that you're obviously mm-hmm. not in rem you know mm-hmm. all these things that really open up this problem of like the rem uh story right yes and, and, and i think okay you got you still got more going on yeah so um the the main point is that cannabis you know it may suppress um you know the the REM state. Yes. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it suppresses dreams. Exactly. Exactly. And it may suppress some dreams that occur during REM, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you won't dream. Um, one thing that I've noticed with cannabis is I will still dream. I'll still have all the dreams that I've had, you know, normally. Okay. But recalling them as soon as I wake up is a lot diff- more difficult because okay. they have, they evaporate a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, if you're, you know, using cannabis during the day or the night or whatever, and you're not asleep, you may experience something, and then immediately, you know, a few seconds later, being like, "What was that?" You know, yes, like exactly. I, can't even, <laughs> I, can't I even mean, because there's that. also a short-term memory issue with, with right. cannabis as well. Or so I think maybe not even an issue for some. Right. So the the memory factor with cannabis and how it's affecting memory and the memory uh, associations, Recall. yeah. recalled associations to dreams, waking experiences things like that i think they're all related like memory is related to dreams you know because if you couldn't recall then you wouldn't remember your dream doesn't mean it didn't happen right exactly so you know there's um a lot of lucid dream techniques is also promoting memory recall versus like having the experience isn't like dream journals i've heard of that being a good uh resource and tool right so I'd imagine like a cannabis person, if they could carry around a dream journal with them all day, you know, and then write down their experiences they're having as you remember the day, them. Oh, okay, hold probably, on. Oh, dream journals like just kind of just like anything just like, journaling. hey, I just, yeah. I just had an amazing conversation with a gentleman right. named Lee. Right. Okay. And if you journaled that down and you're, you're stoned, you know, yeah. and then you went back to your journal later on in the day, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, I did have Oh shit. We talked, Lee. he told me to literally write this down. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh wow. Okay. And then you recall it all, you know? I got you. It's I always assumed the dream journal was just as you wake up or if you think about your dreams throughout the day. Well, I'm I'm using it like I'm using cannabis being uh intoxicated with cannabis like okay. as if you're dreaming, right? Oh. So, fire. Um, yeah, so <laughs> same thing works. It is a mild hallucinogen. Yeah, so you you know, your default mode network's messed up a little bit with cannabis, okay. so yeah. it's affecting your memory. It's very similar to waking up from a dream. You know, you're like Oh, I had these sometimes. I had these <laughs> I had these wild thoughts when I was high in cannabis and now they're gone and I can't recall them, you know? It's like yeah, oh, it sounds very dreamlike, you know. Yes, it does. And your imagination's like on overdrive, so it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I think you could use a lot of the same techniques that you do. That's uh, awesome. And it's good to know that cuz to me it's always about nuance and subtlety and it's no it's never just one thing. It's never just like, oh yeah, you smoke before you sleep, you're not going to remember your dreams because THC keeps you from being in REM sleep. Right. Again, cuz like you said, first of all, even when you dream doesn't mean it's necessarily in REM. Even right. though you have some memory recall um lack thereof, short-term memory recall because of cannabis doesn't mean you're not going to remember your dreams. Like I right. had a dream after I had smoked on 420, a lot of cannabis, like probably more than any man should probably consume and and, and say that they're a healthy, mindful consumer. Um, so I won't even call myself that this week. And I had a dream where my wife was cheating on me. Mm. And so 
I but you recalled it. It hurt me. I, yeah, it still does. And I'm like, hey, why am I dreaming this? Like, my wife right. would never do anything like this. Right. And so um, it just to me, again, it, it, it doesn't mean just because you use cannabis that you're not going to dream. But though I see that, you know, because I've heard similar things to that, that neuroscientist that we yeah. don't believe in, right. uh, <laughs> but some that well, we do believe in. There's no, another the one issue. guy, his particular, his, I'm sure it just didn't jive with your worldview right. or how you see things. Well, um, doesn't mean he can't be saying truth out there. Right. He's an apple. Uh, he seems like an absolute lutist, oh, okay. like you're, you're saying, you know, and he's obviously like trying to promote his work and stuff. So a lot of people often use absolutes when they want people to believe in them, you know? Yeah. And exactly. I'm, I don't believe in absolutism yeah, because I'm not a, a fan of that, you know, and I'm not trying to like force people to buy my shit or anything. No, like no, that, no. So. Uh, but I mean, it's like, I really want to get to that, um, that point though, too. Um, because, you know, I was blessed with a free copy of this, but I want people <laughs> to be able to, you know, be able to procure this themselves. And from my understanding, it's not officially released yet. Yeah, it'll be um, May 4th. Uh, May 4th. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're going to get this. We're definitely going to get this out there so that the people will know about it. And um, I personally would suggest everybody to go to www.taileaters.com because that is your your hub of what information you want people to see if people go on your website whether it's on your mobile device whether that's on a desktop or a laptop it's a beautifully done website it immediately shows you this awesome book cover and i'm is there ability to pre-order right now yeah they can pre-order through my website or amazon or through the publisher if they do through my website they get a they get a signed copy. That's that's the way to go, guys. They also you, get know, a you never know how big Lee's gonna be. <laughs> he's gonna be the next. Uh, yeah, there's never been anybody <laughs> like Lee before, so he's not gonna be like anybody else. But uh, he may be on the level of some people that you really like. So if, yeah. if you imagine someone when that pause, that's gonna be Lee's level someday. Yeah, so sure. imagine, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to come to Washington real quick. <laughs> get a little <laughs> signature get a little signature here but honestly like to me support people that are researching and making some of their lives about the things that you care about like that you know if you're listening to this you're watching this and you're like wow i love consciousness i love dreaming i love lucid dreams i love symbols i love carl Jung. i love joseph campbell i'm like hold on we're best friends but <laughs> Please support my man Lee because he's doing this. Like, it doesn't seem like this is your only avenue of making money. Like, you have a no. job. Yeah. And so, this is a passion project. This is something that he cares about. He's been studying for 20 years. This man was 17 years old when he started doing this stuff. He wasn't in no college. He wasn't getting no degree. He was, and I bet you he was even younger when he first started doing lucid dreaming and realizing yeah. what that was. It wasn't no like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this because I'm an adult now. I'm a dream coach. Um, no, but. I just want to say, guys, please, please, please follow Lee on Facebook. He has a, um, a group called Tail Eaters. He also has a page called Tail Eaters that you can find more easily by at Becoming Lucid. Uh, so that's the tagline there. Um, I believe you're on Twitter. Yeah, I don't really use I don't, I'm not much of a Twitter guy, but hey, there might be other people that like Twitter that could see content that's on there. Yeah, you can see um, the content there. Yep. And then the other thing I just want to have people realize is like, you're very personable. I was able to have a, a really great conversation with you via email. And if this is something that you guys would like to um, experience on your own, having a conversation with Lee, uh, talking about some things that happened 
in your life or your dream life or maybe how you can fall asleep better you know what are some supplements that one can take to, to have these lucid experiences what are some of these techniques well first of all you don't have to have a conversation you can read this but if you really want to go deeper you know i'm sure lee will find some time in his schedule yeah. if you just email him at lee dot adams at tail tail eaters.com tail eaters.com yeah i'm glad to help anybody um you know that has some questions or anything like that or is trying to maybe find some advice and some ideas or something like that they could do um i don't really interpret people's dreams or anything like that i try to work with them to learn more about how they can build relationships with their dreams i love themselves so that's really my main thing and you're right i i don't do this for you know i'm not planning to get rich off of this or anything like that and i but you will i give people copies of my book you know um because i think it's important for people to to have you know they have this thing that happens to them every single night and they don't Mm -hmm. have any they just deny it you know so um you know dreams are there to be engaged with and the more you engage with your dreams, the more they engage with you. And I hope that, you know, my book will provide people some of that. I know it will. Like, I honestly, I I haven't personally, to be honest, gone through the entirety of the book, but it is it has made a lot more connections and it's made a lot more. Um, I don't even know if I'm, I'm, I'm having these dreams and remembering them more <laughs> because I'm starting to put some of this stuff into play. Um, so I don't want to, you know, get people's hopes up that this is automatically going to happen for you. But I really I want to look you in the eye Lee, as much as I can through virtual and just say <laughs> thank you so much for doing this, like not just this podcast, but doing this work, putting this out there, being so passionate, um, being into like the scientific milieu, but not bought into the scientism, materialism aspect of things, the absolutism like to me of your voice is so valid and it's so much needed in your experiences and your research. You know, though sometimes I know me personally, I'm like, oh, I'm not creating anything new. I'm just pointing out what other people have done. You're able to put your own flavor and your own flair to it. And, you know, you're making it your own. And I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for engaging with us. And so helping us engage with ourselves even deeper. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Infinite love. Go check out Lee. Once again, that's www.taileaters.com. And we're talking like like the Ouroboros, if you're familiar. We're not talking like we're eating like stories. We're eating, we're eating our tails. And again, Facebook, Becoming Lucid. And you can reach out to Lee personally via email, lee.adams at taileaters.com. Infinite love, everybody. Go buy the book, Visionary Guide to Lucid Dreaming. It's the real deal. Destinybooks.com. Proceed with the operation. Roger. Dude, that was awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it, dude.